Think Red Ink Ministries presents The Words of Jesus series with Don C. Harris Hello my friends, welcome once again to the Words of Jesus series. I'm Don Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries, Town, New Mexico. The goal here, to reinforce Christianity with the wisdom and works of Jesus. Incidentally, these words that we study, they're recorded in your Bible. Do you know what Jesus said and what Jesus did and what he said to do? This series is based on Jesus, his life, his friends, his ministry, his relationship with his Father, as it's recorded in our four Gospels. We're going to delve into mysteries that have been hidden, not from us, but for us, in the words of Jesus. We're in chapter 62 now. And uh, it is titled in our little book, Jesus is Attacked in Jerusalem. <laughs> Sounds like a newspaper uh, headline to me, but um, he's been attacked worse than this. I don't know particularly why they chose that title, but we'll go with it. Uh, we'll start reading, Jesus was in Jerusalem for the Feast of Dedication, which occurred in the wintertime. While he walked on Solomon's porch, a part of the temple, the Jews came around him and said, How long makest us to doubt? If thou art the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, saying, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because you're not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all, and no man's able to pluck them out of the hand of my Father. I and my Father are one. Those around him picked up stones to hurl at Jesus, who, who said, many good, works I've uh, many good works I've shown unto you. For which good work do you stone me? Well, for a good work we stone thee not, but because thou makest thyself to be God. Jesus replied to them, Is it not written in your law? I said, Ye are gods? unto whom the word of the, of the Lord came. And the scripture cannot be broken, saith of him whom the Father has sanctified and sent into the world. Thou blasphemest, because I said I'm the Son of God? If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though you believe me not, believe for the work's sake, that you may know and believe that the Father is in me, and I in him. Thereupon the authorities sought to arrest Jesus, but he eluded them. There's a lot in this story, and uh, I, I, I don't know any other way other than just take this you know, piece at a time, but uh, there, there's a lot of information here. First of all, uh, the Feast of Dedication. Uh, many people trying to... Um, uh, justify Christmas, 
have taken the Feast of Dedication and saying it's kind of a, a cognate, it's kind of a, a, a derivative of the Feast of uh, Dedication, uh, the Festival of Lights, um, and, and people have tried to put this together. Friend, don't, don't even bother doing that. That's, that's ridiculous. I assure you, there wasn't a Jew in Jerusalem at the Festival of Lights, the Feast of Dedication, that thought one minute about Christmas. There was no such thing. Um, now, there were um, uh, holidays that were based on Saturnalia, on uh, Nimrod as being the, the son of God, uh, him being raised from the dead, and him uh, uh, dying and you know coming back and all these kind of things. There was a lot of pagan rituals. Uh, if you want to say that Christmas is based on that, you'll probably get more agreement out of me than you would by trying to couple the Feast of Dedication with the um, uh, with, with our our modern day Christmas. Um, so. Uh, you know, that, that argument really goes nowhere except with people that uh, know better and people who don't. <laughs> the the in-between guy, you know, that doesn't know anything, you know, he's kind of scratching his head and wondering what in the world does this have to do with it. Uh, the fact that the Feast of Dedication was held in the winter um, uh, is often quoted or, or used in, in this regard, but the fact of the matter is that uh, Christmas was chosen for one reason and one reason only. It is the birthday of every pagan god that I've ever been able to look up. I mean, I don't know if you're worshiping Ra, December 25th. You're worshiping Nimrod, December 25th. It is the birthday of the gods. There's a reason for this. Um, now, I mean, if, if you're interested in these things, uh, it, it, it was an interest to me uh, it is that uh, this particular time of year, this particular time of winter, um, I don't know if you're familiar with the procession of the equinoxes, but um, as, as the, the revolution of the earth decays, as the, um, uh, the, the fact that there's, you know, like 365 and a quarter days in a year, uh, these kind of things. The reason we have leap year, as a matter of fact, is to keep our calendar so that July is always a hot month <laughs> because if you, and, and you know, spring comes when spring's supposed to or uh, it comes in the month it's supposed to and winter and, and so on. And beca because if we didn't make uh, allowances for the procession of the equinoxes, uh, soon, you know, July would be a winter month. Um, if that's confusing to you, it's not, it's not really that important. But uh, there is a reason why December 25th was chosen. Uh, now we all know that um, the, the winter solstice um, is not on December 25th today, but there was a time when it was. Um, and this uh, particular day was considered, it's the shortest day of the year, and, and uh, this particular day was chosen because it was the um, it was the rebirth of the sun. We're going from the shortest day of the year, and now it's going to grow and grow and grow until we get to the longest day of the year. And uh, and then and this this period of growth 
has a beginning, and its beginning is the winter solstice. So it's, the day is chosen because of uh, a basic uh, worship of the sun. It's a, it's a sun god uh, foundational principle. Um, so that's why December 25th is chosen. I don't know if, uh, I don't know how important these things are to you. Um, there's a lot of people that, you know, consider it just not important at all. Um, and there's some people that are interested in it, but it's well worth your study to find, uh, you know, where these dates come from and why. Um, and then it, it will progress eventually into, well, then what day was Jesus born? Well, you might be surprised to find this out, you know, because usually a lot of times when you're talking about these kinds of things, people will say, well, well nobody knows when Jesus was born. Well, I do. <laughs> within, within a couple of weeks, I mean, taking in the, the variations of gestation, I mean, it's really easy to find when he was born. Um, when you couple that time of year that he was born within that couple of weeks is what I'm saying, um, and you, you lay upon it the prophecies of the Son of God coming to tabernacle with men, uh, you can, it's, it's easy to see that uh, well, Jesus was born on the first day of the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, it's, just, it's just that simple. Now, I can't say that specifically because, well, I wasn't there. And, uh, and if I'm not willing to make these leaps in logics and, uh, and force you to do so as well, um, we have to say that, no, we don't know what day. But we certainly know within two weeks. And we know it wasn't December 25th. Uh, there's other things that we know. And one of them is, is we were never, ever commanded to keep the birthday of Jesus Christ. Birthdays were... Um, Actually, um, it's only in our modern day that people even keep birthdays. There, there were centuries uh, where you know, the human race had no idea what their birthday was. Um, and that's not so uncommon. Their chances are your great-grandparents, um, well, it would be great-great-grandparents, um, there, there are chances that they're not even sure what year they were born. And, and it, it happens. Uh, some, sometimes people uh, assume that they're, you know, certain age and they don't keep up with these kind of things. Well, in the, in the day and age in which we live where, where we all really think really well of ourselves and uh, we think that, uh, you know, that we're worthy of birthdays because birthdays were really reserved for royalty and for God's in the earth, and hold on to that word because we're going to be talking about it. Um, uh, the, these, the birthdays were uh, actually uh, celebrated and kept for these people who were above everyone else. Nobody but a prince, nobody but a king, nobody but a God in the earth would even consider that his birthday was something special. Um, and but today, in the day we live in, everybody celebrates birthdays, and um, it's uh, I, I, I assume it's a harmless thing. Um, 
if it is coupled with good logical child rearing, it's probably not, it can be a harmless thing. But no child anywhere needs to think that he is anything special. It's, uh, we actually train ourselves, we train our children to believe that, uh, that they are special. You know, and, you know, okay, individual, I'm with you. But special, you know, I, I, don't know how, I don't know how good that is. When you couple that with the pitiful child rearing that we have to put up with today, um, uh, it, uh, I think it just adds to the problem. Frankly, I didn't accomplish anything on my, on my birthday last year, for example. Um, there's no need to celebrate the fact that I didn't die. Of course... You know, as you get a little older, that is kind of becoming an accomplishment. Perhaps I'll change my mind on birthdays after 60. <laughs> but uh, the, the idea that, uh, that we celebrate birthdays, I think, is, uh, I don't know. I, I, I have a hard time coupling that with the humility that is so difficult for us to, to grasp anyway. So difficult for us to incorporate into our lives the humility that is necessary to be Christian, to have a relationship with God, have a relationship with other people. Uh, I don't know that I need any more bolstering of my ego than that. Now, what I do do on my birthday is I always send my mom flowers. She's the one that accomplished something. She's the one that did something wonderful that day. And so on my birthday, I'm, I'm going to give a gift to my mother but uh, I don't expect one the other direction. Um, but yeah, this, this isn't hard and fast. I'm kind of giving you a personal testimony here. I'm not telling you that, you know, that these things are wrong, but they really ought to be considered. I'm not really against uh, giving children uh, birthdays you know, when they're young, uh, you know, maybe six, seven through perhaps 12 years old. But you know, it's time to grow up after a while. Uh, to sit around and pout because nobody remembered your birthday or you didn't get a card from somebody or, you know, these kind of things. Uh, you know, come on. <laughs> Grow up. So um, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sitting here telling you that birthdays are wrong, celebrating birthdays are wrong, but um, as I say, it's just a bolstering of a problem that we already have inherently called ego and uh, self-importance. And um, so, you want an opportunity to be humble? There's, there's a great opportunity. But uh, what about all the stuff we're gonna, that we could get? Well, okay. You know, what, what are you selling? You know, what, 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 are you, what are you trading for the pottage, right? All right, so, uh, you know, it kind of handles Christmas, kind of handles birthdays, and it brings up a subject that we're going to be talking about which is gods in the earth. We have a tendency in our particular language, our vernacular, that when someone says God, we think of a supernatural, ethereal being that uh, has supernatural powers and these kind of things. And um, to call a man a god, um, it, there is a... Um, there is a, a connotation in the Bible of, um, of a God 
being the Lord God. There was an example that people got together and listened to a particular king's speech one time and said, this is the voice of a God and not a man. Now listen to what he said. A voice of God, a voice of a God and not a man. This is a totally different idea altogether. This is someone who is who the accolade is making the claim that this person is not an ordinary man. He is, he's a god. Well, we know that, you know, that was, that was uh, frowned upon by the Lord. If you know the story, it uh, turned out bad. But what I want you to do is, is I, I, I want you to understand that many times when the Bible talks about a god, it's not talking about an ethereal being. It's not talking about a supernatural being. It's not talking about, a, uh, especially when the word God is attached to a person. Jesus made the statement, he says, he says, you know that in the Psalms, it says, or did I not say, ye are gods? Now, who's saying this? Well, this is, this is our Lord God saying that you are, that, that there are men that are indeed above other men, and they are above other men for this reason. The word of God has come to them. Jesus said it this way. He says, uh, he says, uh, oh goodness, I've, I've I've lost the place. Here it is. He says, um, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest? Because I said, not that I am God, by the way, Jesus never, would never, blasphemously refer to himself as God. He, he knows better than this. Jesus actually has a God. Did you know that? He told Mary, you remember at the tomb? I go to my God and to your God. Jesus Christ has a God? Certainly he does. It's a great God, Jehovah. It's his Father. We know, we know who, who he's talking about. If Jesus has a God, we are immediately seeing a hierarchical structure of the kingdom of God in heaven. Are we not? Yeah, you know, the idea of Jesus being co-equal with God, it's hogwash. It's ridiculous. Um, well, I mean, it's certainly not scriptural. Uh, but the idea is so old now that we just accept it as, as fact. The Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, all co-equal, a co-equal trinity. No, I don't know where you got the word co-equal from. But you know, even the Spirit of God, uh, the Bible says that the Spirit of God that is sent to us will not speak of himself. But whatsoever he heareth, that shall he speak. Again, you can see a hierarchical structure of what many people call the Trinity. And um, so the idea of gods in the earth is not so repulsive 
as we might make it, but we might think. You, you realize the president of our United States, um, he, he, he could easily, in biblical language, scriptural language, be called a god. <laughs> All right. I don't know how you feel about the president of the United States, but this is not a compliment. This is not a, an accolade or, or an elevation of our president to the status of a god. You see, you're still thinking that a god is a supernatural being and not a man. You need to understand that there is a difference when the scriptures talk about, I said, ye are gods. We're going to have to we're going to have to rectify this, are we not? He said, "I said ye are gods." Uh, he said, "Oh, we'll see. Was it uh, Moses?" He says, "He told Moses, I will make you a god to Pharaoh.'" What does he mean by that? He's going to make him into uh, a, a supernatural being? No, he didn't do that to Moses. Moses wasn't a supernatural being. He was a human being. But I'm going to make you a god to Pharaoh. What he meant by that was is he's going to see that you're elevated status. And you're not someone to be trifled with. As gods in the earth are uh, even in our day. But we don't call them gods. <laughs> and, uh, and we're kind of afraid of the term. But we really shouldn't be afraid of that term. I, uh, you know, I'm sure that people with, with uh, sinister motives can take what I'm saying right now and twist it and turn it into some really weird stuff. But um, th the fact of the matter is, is there is such a thing as a God in the earth. And there's such a thing as a God in heaven. And there is a hierarchical structure that uh, a human being cannot surpass. There's no way that a human being can become a God. Um, you know, in deference to some of my Mormon friends, I'm sorry, but that is not going to happen. Uh, there was only one person that was elevated to the status of God, but he was half God at the time. And that's Jesus Christ. You know, when, when Jesus Christ arrived in glory and and made atonement for us, and his blood was applied to the heavenly altar, and he was judged by our God, and his works were evaluated in the earth, he says, Thy throne, O God, is forever. The Lord said unto my Lord, This day I have begotten thee. The Lord said unto my Lord that you're a God. Why? Because thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity, therefore God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Is this coming together or is this just becoming more confusing for you? I don't know how important this is for you, but if you want to understand how Jesus could defend himself, calling himself the Son of God, by claiming a scripture... Uh, the truth of a scripture that says, didn't I tell you, you are gods unto whom the word of God came? He says, if you, can, if you are gods, if I consider mankind on the earth to be God, uh, not to be God, 
but, but to be as gods to others, which is an elevation above the people in the earth unto whom the word of God has not come, then why are you accusing me of blasphemy? I haven't claimed to be God. Well, you see, there was, a, there was an attitude among the Jews, and, and I, I assume still is today, that when Jesus says, I and my Father are one, uh, or, to be, or to claim that you're the Son of God, it makes you equal with God in their eyes. But there is no Son anywhere, ever, that is equal to his Father. Not without his Father uh, endowing him with that power, relinquishing the family to that Son. And you see, that's exactly what happened at the coronation of Jesus Christ. When he says, you are God, and when, he looks, when, when the Lord said unto my Lord, when, and God says, you are God, he made Jesus Christ the, the Lord God of the whole earth. Uh, all judgment is in his hands. This is his creation. It was his commandments. It was hi him that came to the earth and gave himself for us. He created us. He redeemed us. Therefore, he is God to us. A lot of times when I, when I talk about Jesus not being God when he was on the earth, people, you know, run around with their hair on fire about that, and they just have all kinds of trouble with it. You're taking the divinity of Christ. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Will you just listen for a moment? There is no way I'm saying that Jesus Christ was just a man. Of course he wasn't just a man. Do you know who his dad was? Do you know how he came to be? You know, there is no way that he was just a man. However, he was made God the day that he was begotten of God. This day have I begotten thee. It, it's really kind of an interesting study if you want to look into it. But here we find that Jesus says, I'm the Son of God. He's never had a problem saying that. He is the Son of God. He was the Son of God when he was here on the earth. And he is God to us today, with, without a doubt. So them saying, you are claiming to be God. No, he didn't. He didn't claim that at all. He said, I'm the Son of God. Why are you upset with me because I said that? The other portion in here, our time is gone, my goodness. The other portion in here um, is where Jesus says, there is a, a kind of a parenthetical or at least a, a, a separated portion of a sentence here that we probably ought to look at. We'll do that next time. But he said, you know, if I said you are gods, and then he says, and the scripture cannot be broken. There, are you one who believes that the scripture cannot be broken? Because if you do, you have all the Jews as your friends because they believe it. And probably, you know, 99.9% .9 of the Christians believe that this is a magic book and the words in it can't be messed with or broken. Uh, so we're going to talk about that next, next time. Um, and so join us then, will you? I'd love to hear from you. Why don't you write to me? Questions, comments, whatever is on your mind, I'd love to hear from you that you're listening to the broadcast. You can do so simply by writing to Don at thinkredink.com. All right, until next time, Think Red Ink. We'll see you then. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to Don C. Harris of Think Red Ink Ministries. Email don at thinkredink.com. That's thinkredink.com. Join us again for the next episode in the Words of Jesus series.